Hello, and welcome to Glory Be, Interesting People and How They Pray. Each week, we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hanish. And I'm Father Vince Fernandez. And I'm Mike Malcolm. So it's time to celebrate, guys. 25 episodes! Woo! We did it. So this is number 26. We can look back on 25 great, exciting episodes of Glory Be. Some of them have been local to Tulsa. Some of them have been remote. Um, but it all started with an idea from Sharon. Yes. I, I had so appreciated both of you and your support of the idea because I know you all are a lot busier than I am during this pandemic. Uh, for you all, I mean, for me, my ministries have really been impacted because so much of what I do is social. So it's coffee and donuts or it's senior luncheons. It's where people gather and come together. And so for me, you know, my ministry has had to change and shift. So that's why we're doing partly why we're doing the podcast. But for you all... Mike, particularly, I mean, I know Father Vince, too, but Mike, your your job and ministry has exploded. Indeed. And that's part of what we'll talk about today, is how one year on in the pandemic, how our lives have changed, and also specifically, how we pray, uh, because usually we're interviewing other people. Yeah, uh, a year ago, everything was just starting to shut down. There were different dioceses around the country and around the world were saying that their bishops were saying no public masses. And that was a very surreal experience. I'm sure it was for you, Father Vince. Yeah, it was just really bizarre because it was like one week we had Sunday mass and then there was like, I forgot the day, it was around the Feast of St. Joseph in March and uh, and all of a sudden it was just like us saying mass. And it was just like the weirdest thing of like the only other people I heard were Michael Martin and Father Jack, you know, Mm -hmm. as I said mass. And then my first Easter at a parish was like... (laughs) Me and <laughs> Father Jack, right? Yeah, two seminarians or whatever, and <laughs> that's crazy. And so, a really kind of really bizarre experience. But now, yeah, kind of almost like used to it, right? Like mm-hmm. a year in, and, and yeah, things opened up again, obviously, but still kind of distance and all those things. It's it's been kind of wild. It's weird because it is it's it's my first year as a parish priest, actually, and all I've ever known is pandemic priesthood, right? You know? Well, the the thunder for when you say the Lord be with you and here and with your spirit right. coming back from, you know, in our case, 800 or 850 loud people, that's going to be a, a mind-blowing experience. Right, exactly. Usually it's a, kind of a whisper. People don't want to project too loud because yeah. they're spreading germs. Right, they have masks on, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and personally in my life, you know, yeah, the, the streaming change, uh, it was something that I had planned to do anyway. And it just happened to coincide perfectly with the onsl- onset of the pandemic. Not that I wanted that to be the the debut, but it just happened to be. And thank God that we had equipment ready to go, and right. we were able to stream. We got kind of lucky, right? It was like mm-hmm. it was right when everything shut down. Our, it, our stuff was coming in. It was well. I'd had it since the fall before, but it was. Um, I, my goal was to get it all installed so that we could stream last year's parish mission in February. But that didn't happen. It took a while to get the people to string up all the cables and stuff. So uh, we just started mid-March. And I think it was your mass. Uh, You were doing a daily mass. And I just had two cameras and uh, streamed it, and it all worked. And here we are. So since then, it's become, I think, a pretty decent evangelization tool. 
my goal, my vision for all this was to stream basketball games, which we had been doing for two, two and a half years, and then do mass and let people try out the parish without physically being there. I, I My goal, I don't want to steal anybody from other parishes, but I want to get all the couches in this area within a mm. five-mile radius empty on Sunday morning. And part of the way to do that is people can try it. You know, they can hear, oh, wow, the preaching is pretty good. Or if they're not Catholic, you know, the Catholics don't aren't that strange. You know, uh, it's just worship. And they can watch and, and see things. And then we can welcome them uh, through that. Well, it's so. like the weirdest thing is not only is it like people in Tulsa that watch our Mass, but it's like people all over the country, mm-hmm. right? I did a wedding um, for a couple, like one family lived in California, the other one lived in Baltimore, and they found our mass online, so they emailed the parish, and they're like, hey, can we get married at your parish because you have really good streaming, things like that. And so it was, I mean, it was like five people total at yeah. this wedding, right? But, they're, but they found St. Mary's through the streaming, right? And there's a bunch of other, like stories like that of like, hey, we're from Ohio, Great homily, and I'm like, who are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> how did you find me? You know that kind of thing. But it's it's great. You're right. It is a great like evangelization tool, like because mm-hmm. it, it it reaches out so far, right? And and people are able to encounter Lord in that way. You it's, know, it's, it's yeah. Oh, go. Um, so we have had people call before this year, before the pandemic, who like I had this one woman call one time, and she said, I have to give up my driver's license. I just turned ninety. You know, do you have a way to help me get back and forth to mass? So we were trying to kind of figure out how to do that. but if And she asked about streaming. She said, or do you stream? Because she wanted to hear our priests because this was her parish. So she didn't mind getting on and watching, you know, one of the Catholic channels. But she really wanted to see us and the community. And I don't know. It's just so not only are we being able to serve people because of the pandemic, but also after the pandemic, people who maybe for one reason or another are at home, maybe they're sick. They can't drive, whatever. You know, it is an evangelization tool. I love that. I love that, Mike. And it's not just the video and mass streaming that's changed. You've changed the way that you do ministry, Sharon, uh, with the Encore emailed newsletter. Encore is the parish seniors ministry or 55-plus ministry. And you've changed from meeting for luncheons in person to primarily kind of an email ministry, right? Yes, it's very painful, but... uh primarily an email ministry, although we, Father Vince did do uh, a retreat at the beginning of the year, and so you streamed that, so it's, it's kind of become an email slash streaming. Um, we do still have the home improvement ministry, which is getting out, you know, but even that, we're only doing outside projects, and so all all the ministries are, I, I long for the day when, you know, this is uh, over, or at least contained, and we can go back to gathering. Yeah, it is interesting. There's been a drop in a lot of in-person things. You know, certainly uh, receptions of Eucharist have dropped because people, if they're not going to Mass, then they're not going to be receiving communion. Have you noticed a drop in requests for baptisms or, or weddings Right, this year? yeah. It used to be, I mean, I would say in the fall, a couple of baptisms every month, mm-hmm. right? And and now it's kind of, some people have delayed them, and especially like weddings and stuff, like a lot of them have been delayed or they just have kind of a small wedding. Like I said, I had, yeah, that one wedding of those those people from California and Baltimore, it was like five people. And then there was one wedding where I think it was just like three. And I was wow. like, well, all right. And we were done in like 35 minutes, you know? Yeah, like it was, yeah. 
is pretty low key. But um, but the, that kind of big drop is it's kind of sad to see, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, especially with even like with confessions, right? You know, Lenten season, um, last Lent, kind of the beginning of Lent before everything shut down, the line would be kind of you know down the hallway. Yeah. Now it's you know I'm in there just like twiddling my thumbs and yeah. you know playing Tetris on my phone or something. Just yeah. kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that in confession at all. I bring some spiritual reading, but um, but yeah, even yeah, like confessionals are are, are way down. But that's also kind of a weird thing too, because mm-hmm. all our confessionals are behind the screen. Yeah, and right. so um, they're definitely a lot quicker. They're not as personal, um, and um, and so that's that's you know there's there's kind of a trade off there yeah. as well, right? But but yeah, that was another thing to get used to is like I always close the door and I never know who's <laughs> on the other side anymore. Right. One of the big changes that we did as a parish, we pivoted on Wednesdays uh, when we could not do public masses. One of the things that, that Father Vince, you and Father Jack offered was daily adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. So if we can't be close to Christ by receiving communion, we can be close in adoration. Plus you added confessions to that. And that was people's lifeline to right. the sacrament at that yeah. point. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was huge almost i think we did every single day right Mm -hmm. um tuesday through friday and there was always people coming in from kind of all over the diet like it you know in the beginning there wasn't a lot of people because no one knew about it but then kind of as the pandemic went on there were more and more people coming to adoration and it was really cool to see and you know there's some days where it was just like we had a lot of confessions you know like i i couldn't play tetris anymore on my phone (laughs) church (laughs) well i didn't remember someone had reached out to me they wanted to go to confession they weren't sure that they could come in. They weren't sure. <laughs> Father Vince was like, I can go over to her house. We can go through the screen window. I mean, the, you were adjusting, wanting to give the sacraments, to bring the sacraments to the faithful in any way that you needed to. So uh, I, I, I thought it was, we were very creative, very uh, willing, and parishioners were desiring those things, you know, I think even now, I hear from so many people now that the vaccine is out, they're sending me emails, oh, I'm getting my second vaccine, I'll be back to mass, you know, so I do think people will be slowly returning uh, to the sacraments, thank goodness, as they feel safer. So one of the big parish responses to the pandemic was your idea to create a podcast uh, because Father Vince and I weren't working hard enough. Exactly. And so, yeah. and so we, we did this podcast, and it helps parishioners to connect with other parishioners and also with people all around the country or the world um, just based on who's interesting. And we also, there's an intimacy to how people pray because usually we don't talk about that right. in public. Um, so this podcast, 25 episodes, do you guys have a favorite guest? Do you have one? Well, I I haven't I come I know I've said this to both of you. I come away with something from everybody that we interview. And so I always get a good idea of a way to pray. Um I really enjoyed my friend Father Bob Riser. Um I appreciated his honesty, talked about his, uh when it was difficult for him to pray. Um his younger sister had died in the last year. And he talked about praying with the Psalms and particularly with lamentations. And so uh when people are grieving, you know, just get, I, I, I like that. I really um, liked your friend, um, Father Vic, who is a priest in Atlanta with the Black Catholic Church there. I just appreciated his insight. We interviewed him during a time when um, all of the 
you know, protests and, and we were, for me, it was a, just a good time to self-reflect about my own prejudices and my own racist tendencies. So I really liked him. And, um, I mean, I really liked everybody. I could go on and, I mean, I, I really liked my friends. We did a lot of my friends, my friend Liz, who's a professor and, um, she just made me think about, um, immigration and the Catholic church and, uh, I loved my spiritual director, and I really liked your spiritual director, Father John O'Neill. Um, I loved, of course, Emily Camp, our first guest. She's an inspiration um, with her children and her uh, involvement in the church, and particularly with refugees. And So I'm just inspired by, how about you guys? What about you, Father Vince? I would say, I mean, obviously I loved all of them. Yeah, they were great. But the um, the religious sisters I liked a lot. Because there is this aspect of, like, so Sister Teresa, Mother Servant, Sister Magalata, Sister Julia, like, they're, they live in a community, right? And they have kind of the prayer to the community, but also to see kind of, like, individually, like, what do they do in their own prayer life? And, um, and how much that is, you know, how does the Lord speak to them on a personal level was, was always really cool to, to hear about and, and talk about. And, and how, yeah, there's this kind of blend of, like, their charism in their religious community and how that bleeds over to their own prayer life and things like that. And so for them, I was always very kind of uh, in awe, you know, of what they talked about. And I, I liked your friend Liz a lot too. And, and just, you know, she had a lot of good things to say, but also to, to see someone like higher academia having a prayer life, you know, that's, at least for me, there's, there can be kind of a split of like, oh yeah, like high intellectual people don't really care about God. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that can be that kind of bias sometimes. Um, so it's cool to see, you know, a college professor, um, having a you know intimate relationship with the Lord, um, but also the the seminarians and uh, and the girls who were involved in Focus. Just um, I am a young person still, right? But to see other young people and, and to actually be inspired by people who are younger than me, right? Who are really living their faith and, and really striving to to preach the gospel um, is is just awesome to see, and it's it, it fills me with hope. Yeah, I like the um, getting to know members of religious communities specifically, but everybody is interesting, of course. But really with religious communities, each order has its own charisms, of course. And so it's fun to see an individual who retains that their individual status, of course, but they participate in the life of that religious order. And it's kind of like us going on a retreat or uh, going to another, even another parish for a Sunday. You know, you, you pray as they do, uh, like the old phrase, you know, when in Rome, pray as the Romans do, <laughs> if you will. Um, and so you can go um, pray like that order. Uh, and for us, I know I've tried to adopt some of those ideas, like specifically some of the holy hour advice. Uh, Sister Teresa Alethea, I thought, had a great uh, kind of structure for her holy hours. And that's kind of fun uh, to try those different things. And so this has been a good experience. So we'll continue with Glory Be, of course, we've got some exciting guests lined up. Um, I think, you know, we can also take requests. If anybody in the listening audience has a friend or knows somebody who's especially interesting or who prays in an especially interesting way, um, we can take requests. So, for sure. We typically record on Tuesday mornings, um, Tulsa time, 1030, but uh, we can change that as things go. So um, let's get back to Lent. Here we are. We've been in a pandemic for a year. Uh, everything is kind of strange. 
Do you guys have any prayer intentions for this Lent? I mean, an end to the pandemic is a big one. <laughs> Amen. Right? I've been praying Amen. for that for, for a while now. But I think, you know, as like a parish priest for people to come back to the church, right? Because there is this kind of fear of, will they come back, right? I hear that kind of a lot in, in you know, priest circles and in Catholic circles and things like that. Of Are these people going to come back? Are we going to see? Some people are predicting like a 30, 40% drop off, right, of, of parishioners and things like that. Um and it's it's not so much a fear of like oh is the church going to survive like the church is always going to survive right it's you know the gates of hell will not prevail against it as Jesus says but it's for the salvation of that thirty forty percent or whatever percent drops off right that there's going to be people who maybe before weren't really into their faith and we're going to mass and you know there could have been a chance of sparking something or going to a parish mission or whatever right being invited to to encore or whatever event and then really diving into their faith but now that Opportunity might not exist because if they don't even go to Sunday Mass, they don't hear about, you know, they don't receive Jesus, they don't hear his word, they don't, they don't get invited to, you know, faith formative events, then, you know, I kind of worry that, you know, these people, like, who's going to take care of their souls, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, maybe that's one big prayer for mine then is um, you know, those people who are kind of on the fence or are like, well, I didn't go to Mass for a year. It's the point of going now that everything's opening up again, right? And uh, so for them to, for the Holy Spirit to kind of work in their lives and, and kind of bring them back. How about you, Sharon? Yeah, that's, uh, I'm adding, I'm adding that. You know, I, for Lent, um, I'm doing a few things. I would say my prayer is for families who have lost people due to the pandemic and, and even people who've lost people during the pandemic where they couldn't go be with them and say goodbye and be present. Um, There's been so much loss and grief and sadness and fear, particularly, I would say, amongst the 55-plus group, uh, my encore people. You know, I think of my mom and uh, some friends that are older, you know, for them to start to feel um, less fear for them to feel, uh, I, I I actually do not fear that that group won't eventually come back. I feel like they are legitimately staying home for legitimate fears. It's more people my age who have young kids, maybe or even kids in high school and college. I notice that they've gotten out of the habit. So maybe at first they couldn't come back, and and now I'm not seeing people really returning because maybe they've got to go to attend a soccer game or maybe that, you know, like, so, yeah, so for those people that God draws their heart and that they, that they miss it, because I do think I missed being able to actually sit in a church. You know, there is something about being in a pew, hearing the sounds, being with the Blessed Sacrament, that, that you don't get in front of a, a TV. I know you've been in a church and you've been in your office streaming the church, so you probably understand a little bit better. But when you're at home, while it's beautiful, and I would say throughout the pandemic, um, I have had to pay more attention, let's say, to the homily. <laughs> I mean, I always pay attention to the homily, but I would say when you're sitting in front of a screen, you can really engage with the homily in a way that sometimes if I'm in a church, I'm distracted by the children over here crying or the person coughing or or whatever, you know. So I do think there have been things, good things that have come for me out of the pandemic and out of watching from home. 
but certainly being back in the church, being back, we are a community, you know, that journeys together in faith. And so I, my prayer is that, yes, we will come back, that we will be a community for St. Mary's to be able to serve people in an appropriate way, to draw their hearts closer to God. Um, how about you, Mike? What about your prayer? I, it, it, I'm going to sound like a carbon copy of you, Sharon, but praying for people who are afraid. Fear is a very powerful motivator, very powerful, and, and often more powerful than other uh, motivations that we have in our life. We want to be close to God, and a lot of people commented to me, you know, early on in the pandemic, I wanted nothing more than to go to Mass. And it's just amazing what people would do to try to figure out a way, if they could, um, how to go to Mass, especially when there were no public Masses. So then when things opened back up, there was such a big rejoicing. And yet there was a an equal or louder uh, percentage of people who just said, no, I'm scared. I've, I've, I've made it for two months now without the virus, and I'm not going to get it now. And this has gone on and on and on. And I wonder kind of what that does to people's uh, psychology with it. The other thing is, I think with you know the, this new way of attending Mass, watching it on TV, it allows us, in a this is positive, to connect with the Word of God in, in a, perhaps sometimes a better way because those distractions are, are gone. Or if we want to replay part of a homily, if we want to replay you know, something from Mass, we have the capability that we don't have in person. If anybody is uh, compromised due to maybe hearing loss, then usually when you're watching on your TV, you can just turn it up. You can't do that in the church. Um, so that's positive. On the downside is is that we've been conditioned to not receive the Eucharist. And, you know, when we had no choice with due to no public masses, we just have to kind of shrug our shoulders and say that's just the way it is. But now that we can come back to Mass, if we're motivated by fear, then I pray for those people because I'm walking with them. You know, I, I don't go to Mass very often because I'm always streaming it. And I hear stories, you know, from home. Uh, back when my uh, my son is often in the professional world and my daughter and wife were at home and uh, hear stories from them, their experience of Mass on TV, because my wife would stand, sit, kneel, say all the responses, and that amused my daughter to no end. You know, Mom, nobody's here. Nobody's going to hear it. <laughs> My wife would say, yeah, but God hears, you know. <laughs> so she's trying to enter into that experience as much as possible. My daughter is, is much more removed uh, <laughs> than right. that. She fully participates when she's there in person. And so I, I pray for those people who are afraid and, and hope that we can, you know, do to thank God. Falling numbers, rising vaccinated people, all that that we can kind of get over this. So... And for a speedy end to COVID, right. for sure. Yes. But um, that we can recover from it, too, all the damage exactly. that's there. Yes. So that's kind of it for this episode. This was kind of a meta episode where we talk about what we've learned in the past 25 episodes. And here's to 25 more. What all do right. you guys say? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's all right. Great. Now, uh, as always, we always end with a glory be. Would one of you guys lead us in a prayer? Yeah, Sharon. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, 
and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and ever, ever shall be, be world without end. end. Amen. Glory Be is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm. See you next time. <laughs>